Welcome to Sexual Craftsmanship, the podcast that teaches you how to develop sexual confidence and become a better lover using a system of practice suited for dating and sex in today's world. No experience necessary. And now, here's your host, certified sex coach, sociologist, and mega nerd, Sarah Martin. Hello, craftsmen. How are you doing today? I, you know, I feel like I say this all the time, but I'm doing pretty amazing. It's been an exciting summer and it's coming to a close. For me, like, I just, I love it. I love the beginning of autumn. It, it really just tickles me so very much. Plus, it has been an awesome couple of weeks over in Certainty for Overthinkers. That is the free Facebook community. If you want to interact more with me, meet some amazing people, and attend a free class every Saturday, that is where you want to be. The link to the group is in the show notes. So today, our topic is to make sex exciting again. And do forgive my use of the four-word slogan here, but I think this is a pretty exciting and juicy topic because it affects an awful lot of people. Let's start by scoping out the problem, scoping out the issue. In short, desire wanes in your longer relationships. This happens for most people. It's a very common issue, which is part of where... I decided this was something important to talk about here. You might also feel something like a frustrated nostalgia for the early days. So if you ever catch yourself thinking, oh, what's happened? Back in the beginning, everything was hot and heavy and easy and desire just sprang out of nowhere. You may have tried lots of different things and nothing is reigniting your former passion. So maybe you've bought all the couple's sex toys. Maybe you've bought a bunch of lingerie. Maybe you've been reading listicles about how to spice up your relationship, which I hate that turn of phrase. Can I just say it? Human beings are not casseroles. But at the same time, I understand where it comes from. So fair dues. And you may have a wonderful relationship with your partner. And the only thing that's missing for you is that rush. Today, I'm not focusing on a relationship that has other issues where you really need to be thinking about, is this a relationship that I even want to be in? Though I encourage you to always be asking yourself what you want. The point being, though, this is really about where everything is great and the main thing that you're missing is that excitement, that passion that you had early on. So I want to talk a little bit about the science of what's actually going on here and why this is so incredibly common. That feeling that you have early on in a new relationship where you almost just can't stop yourself from thinking about your partner and you're really aroused thinking about your partner and you're yearning for them, you're wanting to be together with them, you're spending oftentimes an awful lot of time together That is called limerence. So it's got a name. Some folks call this new relationship energy. So that's another way to think about it. That very special 
feeling and yearning and drive and passion and desire that comes right at the beginning of a relationship. Why does that happen? Happens because of your neurochemistry. Early on in a relationship where you've got this desire and this hyper-focus almost on your partner, that's down to dopamine. It's driven in part because everything is new. And so every time you are interacting with your partner, you're learning new things and you're experiencing pleasure together, it's basically like you keep pressing that dopamine button and then when you're not doing so, you really feel it. You really want to get back in there. You really want to dive back into the pleasure. So what's the solution then? Because I keep talking about it as a beginning energy, a new relationship energy. We keep talking about wanting to get back in touch with desire or passion. Well, the secret is that desire and eroticism are fueled by mystery and novelty. So Esther Perel is a fantastic sexuality educator, sex therapist. Check out her book, Mating in Captivity. She writes all about this and about a number of things besides. And while I don't agree with everything that Esther writes, her observations about the mystery, safety, dichotomy, and tension within relationships is absolutely worth your time to read. So if it's about mystery and it's about novelty, part of the solution is that you have got to ditch that nostalgia and look forward. If you're looking back to the past, by definition, that's not new. That's not going to light you up. By focusing forward and opening up that possibility for new things to emerge with your partner, you create the space where you can really stoke arousal and desire. And to that extent, then, it's not really about buying any certain product or using some certain sex position or reading whatever Cosmo is talking about on the cover this month. The solution here is to design in novelty that works for you, that works for your partner, that stems from your own creativity and enjoyment and preferences, you'll get a lot further than just generic picking something up off of the shelf and hoping that it does the trick. And finally, because we're talking today specifically about relationships that are, in, in most ways, really good, you can leverage your connection with your partner and become co-conspirators in service of your pleasure. And I kind of like saying co-conspirators because it gives it a little bit of a mischievous energy, right? A little bit of a playful energy, a little bit of a mysterious energy. And remember, mystery fuels eroticism. So all of this to say, looking back won't work. If you're focusing entirely on how things were in the beginning, be that six months ago, a year ago, 10 years ago. Folks, that time is gone. Let it go. <laughs> Don't let this weigh you down. Instead, recognize that there's an awful lot of possibility right here. And part of why you can't see it is because you're looking behind you instead of ahead. And I want to touch on the opportunity here of what I'm teaching today. 
is that if you wrap your mind around this, like specifically that you stoke desire and eroticism and arousal through mystery and novelty, then through that, you're going to gain the power to dip into an always available erotic well whenever you choose. You're also going to be a bit more present here in this moment. Like, think about it. How much energy are you spending right now yearning for what was? How often is that in your mind? And then consider all the time you spend thinking and worrying about that. What are you not doing? You're not being present here now. Also, once you get this, you can save a bunch of money or at least be spending money on things that are actually going to help to enhance your pleasure and enjoyment of sex with your partner rather than going shopping out of desperation, hoping you can buy a quick fix. And finally, when you internalize this and you really become comfortable with the the cycle and the process of stoking desire again and again and again in a relationship this is going to give you the ability to evaluate your relationships by parameters other than dopamine delivery what do i mean by that maybe you or someone you know is caught in this cycle where they come into a relationship And things are amazing. And they really like their partner. They enjoy spending time together. And then maybe six months, maybe 12 months goes by. And whether consciously or not, they notice that, ah, this isn't quite as exciting as it used to be. That must mean there's something wrong with the relationship. And then they start looking to perhaps end that relationship and form a new one. And this cycle can be really exhausting to be inside of you know I know in society we often like to vilify people that have this kind of approach to relationships and I mean to an extent that says a lot more about us and our own thoughts and beliefs about relationships and I want to highlight that for a lot of people who are in a cycle of relating that way it can become really frustrating in part because without this awareness of what's going on biologically, somatically for you throughout the process of a relationship that lasts longer than a couple of weeks, that, I mean, that information opens up the door to say, hey, actually, you know, maybe, maybe this is what's happening for me rather than it being some mystery, rather than asking yourself, Why can't I form relationships that last longer than six months or a year? So I'd like to share with you five unusual tips to make sex exciting again. The first one is use barrier methods. So maybe early on in your relationship with your partner, you were using barrier methods like condoms or dental dams or gloves, depending on your risk tolerance and how you approach safer sex. And if you've been in a relationship for a while, you may have chosen together with your partner to stop using barrier methods sometimes years ago. In that sense, it's almost been long enough that they become new again. And let's not forget, barrier sex feels different And that, if you've not felt those physical sensations for quite some time, 
can be quite exciting, can be quite erotic, can bring back some some memories too of of earlier sexual experiences and going, wow, like this is what it felt like to be in my body when I was a teenager or when I was in my 20s or when I was in my 30s and and I haven't had the experience of this physical sensation for so long. There can be something really quite powerful about that. And a really fun thing with barriers, right, is they open up the possibility for some role-playing. And this won't be for everybody, but think about it. You could, with your partner, role-play picking each other up, role-play being strangers, and then going back to a hotel together for some steamy sex. And part of how you stay in character, right, is you'd probably use barrier methods if it was a new partner. Or, if you wanted to, you could role-play having sex with your partner the first time, recreating it, or you could role-play different parts in your life. So maybe you could role-play with your partner what it might have been like if you had had sex for the first time with each other when you were teenagers, if you met each other later in life. So think about it. There's a lot of creative play that can come from reintroducing barriers from time to time if you've stopped using them with your partner. All right. Number two, eyes open orgasms. Wait, what? (laughs) A lot of times when I discuss this with my clients or with my colleagues or with friends, I get a bit of a blank stare. Like, what do you mean eyes open orgasm? And that's exactly my point. So for very many people, closing their eyes during orgasm has become a lifelong unconscious habit. So something that they do anytime they're orgasming, whether that's during solo sex or partner sex. So I encourage you, you know, the next time you're getting ready for some solo play, bring a little bit of awareness to what you do when you orgasm and are you closing your eyes. And then the next time you're with your partner, make an effort to keep your eyes open and see what that's like. It can actually be really disarming the first time you try doing it. It can feel extremely vulnerable. It can make you feel a little bit nervous. And there can often be some eroticism that accompanies that nervousness. And if you want to take this to the next level, you can also go ahead and make eye contact with your partner when you orgasm. I encourage you to discuss it with them first and just suggest, hey, would this be okay? Because not everybody is ready for that sort of unsettling feeling that can come from eye contact at times when you're not expecting it or not accustomed to having it. And if you do try this and you're both open to it, you may find it incredibly powerful, especially if you have never, ever done this before. All right. Number three, express pleasure in new ways. So kind of like how whether you close your eyes or not during an orgasm is often unconscious. For many people, the way that they experience pleasure and express it is also kind of unconscious. So what do I mean by this? I mean, when experiencing pleasure during sex, do you moan? Do you sigh? 
Do you laugh? Do you grunt? Do you grab with your hands? What happens for you? How does that pleasure express itself through your body? It's another thing that you can observe during your next solo sex session. What do you do when you're alone? What do you do when you have sort of an expansive amount of time to be exploring your own pleasure? How does that express? Some people are completely quiet, and that's also okay. The trick here is to shift up whatever you normally do. So if you normally moan, try out being completely silent. If you're normally silent, try out grunting or sighing. If you normally express your pleasure vocally, try expressing your pleasure to your partner through touch. So could you vary the way that you hold on to them or could you grip more firmly or how how would you use your hands to communicate that you're feeling really, really good at the moment? You could also consider taking a little bit of a walk on the wild side. Have you ever tried making animal sounds during sex? If not, maybe give it a go. And sure, that could end in giggles. And that's actually okay because sex can also be playful, right? Some of the best sex is playful. And sex is a joyful thing when you share it together with your partner. And at the same time, maybe you let out a bit of a growl. And while you thought it might be silly, maybe it lights up something new for you. Maybe it lights up something new for your partner. This can be so much fun to play around with. I encourage you to give it a try. Number four, breathe through your orgasm. This is another one where folks are often, wait, what? (laughs) Because it's, again, very often an unconscious habit that you've never really paid that much attention to before. And very many people, when they're leading up to and experiencing orgasm, start to tense up their muscles and breathing goes to being a bit more shallow, a bit more... <sighs> and some people start to hold their breath, actually, the closer they, they, they come to, to experiencing orgasm. So the trick here is to apply a little bit of conscious energy and switch to slow deep breaths. And there's going to be some challenges with it if you've never done this before. And I just want to say that's okay. Try this out solo, maybe before trying it with a partner. So you get an idea for what happens for most people. It can make it take longer before you're able to experience an orgasm. And it might not happen the first couple of times you try. And that is okay. That is normal. That's to be expected. And I encourage you to keep going with it. It, When you are able to breathe deeply and slowly through an orgasm, many people report that it has the effect of spreading your orgasm out around your body. And this is true for men and women. Uh, It's true for human beings generally. For men in particular, and people with penises who are really used to genitally focused orgasms, it can be kind of mind-blowing to feel like, you know, whoa, I felt that in my feet. What's that about? So this one can unlock something new inside of your own body. 
and it can lock something new inside of your partner's body. And so there's ways that you can incorporate this to make sex exciting again. And finally, number five, mutual masturbation. Oh, so this one, it, it's actually a really excellent way to get new ideas about your partner and how they experience and enjoy pleasure. So mutual masturbation is where you're touching your body, your partner's touching their body, and you're both masturbating on your way to experiencing orgasm or not. You can stop whenever you want. And at the same time, a lot of people never do this. And for a lot of folks, when I suggest this idea, there's almost an instant, there's something a little bit, a little bit like, wow, you know, I don't know if I would be comfortable with that. And where that feeling comes from is it's actually quite intimate and vulnerable to show something that's normally very private and only for yourself to another person. So this is one... I mean, in all of these cases, right, you want the enthusiastic consent of your partner before you give it a go. This one in particular is really important to to be a little bit gentle and easy with yourself in addition to making sure both of you are really on board for it because it can be a little bit confrontational. You can feel very naked in a way that you don't normally feel naked during sex when you are actually, in fact, physically naked it can be a little bit mind-blowing if you've never done it before. Once you give it a try, if you like it, if you and your partner enjoy this, there's a lot of scope to get kind of kinky with mutual masturbation. So what do I mean by that? So one example could be you could make a, an agreement that you will not touch each other at all during the mutual masturbation session. So you use your eyes to be interacting with your partner. Or you could make an agreement that when you experience orgasm, you'll shout out your partner's name. Or you could, well, you could, for example, be telling each other erotic stories the entire time, or listening to audio erotica, or watching porn together. Mutual masturbation, if you decide it's for you, opens up a whole plethora of activities that maybe have never been debuted in your bedroom or other sexy locations before and that's exactly the point because again what stokes desire what stokes eroticism novelty and mystery so really the only limitations here are your imagination and your boundaries you have access to to so much through your creativity and your mind. And I hope I have sparked some ideas for you here today, something that you can take home and try with your partner. I would be delighted if, if I've been able to help you add something new and exciting to your sex life today. All right, craftsmen, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about it. And be sure to follow or subscribe to this podcast to be sure that you never miss an episode. And I'll catch you right back here next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to jump right into the sexual craftsmanship process, head on over to sexualcraftsmanship.com backslash friendzone and download your free guide to avoiding the friendzone for good, including five exact scripts you can use today. 